You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Broncos for dinner? Uh, building breakfast? No, bro- Broncos for... Or building the Broncos. Um, building the Broncos for dinner. There we go. Um, everybody's favorite, right? We're, we're uh, double dipping today. Scott and myself, welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday night, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, which means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. Uh, obviously, I again, our names are not here. I'm not sure what's going on. I have to bother Chad with that. Um, but uh, I am Nick Kendall and joined by my co-host, uh, typically for Broncos for Breakfast, but uh, joining me while uh, Carl is abroad right now, Scott. And you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, myself at Nick Kendall, MHH, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? Yeah, it's been Carl, a long time. Carl's doing much more important stuff. So I'm, um, it's, it is my pleasure and honor to fill in for him while he's uh, – making the world a better place, literally. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, I know it's uh do miss Carl. Great guy. Um, but uh, he's doing something that's a uh, bigger than football right now, which is very select few, maybe a handful of things, but uh, he found one. So he gets a little bit of a break with that, but uh, man, it's been a long time, Scott, what you, what you been up to watching some football, hanging out. Well, I moved my microphone around. Uh, it's okay. now sitting in front of me. So hopefully you can hear me. Okay. But I've already gone twice to grab it and take a drink out of it. So um, it's, it's where my coffee cup is usually sitting. So if I bang this thing into my teeth, um, we'll, we'll have it on camera. It'll be funny. That'll be great. That'll be a, uh, (laughs) I can already see the TikTok now. Um, But guys, yeah, it's uh, obviously uh, building the Broncos here Tuesday night. You guys can follow Scott and myself, like I said already, but also on Twitter, you can follow us at BTB football pod, as well as at mile high huddle. Make sure you guys go to huddleuppod.com to get, see our latest gear. Um, we obviously got, I liked all the caps. I got a uh, Broncos for breakfast one on the way. So excited for that. Um, guys on Facebook, make sure you're going to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and also facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And, uh, you guys getting your stars in right now. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you. The top or everybody who's donates 500 stars over on Facebook, uh, gets a chance to earn a Justin Simmons Jersey at the end of the month. And, uh, we know YouTube folks felt, uh, maybe not left out, but you know, not a scene. Uh, this last or this last month. Um, so YouTube, you know, don't go away. Super chat, still the bread and butter. Um, if you can't do that, though, subscribe, like and share. But for the top five super chatters this month, they're going to get their name in the drawing for the Justin Simmons jersey as well. And I believe Scott has some information on uh, current, I guess, the polls, right? We're watching the polls. It's college football season. We're all looking to see the rankings. Yeah, we can, we can take a look real quick. Uh, the uh, this is the leaderboard right now for um, for stars. And we're at 68%. So I know the other day we were saying we're a, a shade behind gold. And now we're at 68% with less than or at least a third more to go of the month. So we're, we're yeah. pacing very well. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find 
find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. We got George Newton saying trade Chubb as soon as he gets healthy. Talk about that. That'd be selling low. I don't want to do stocks with you, George, but I hear you. I'm frustrated too. Um, Jake Hosehead saying, sorry, I can't see Chubb getting a second contract here with all that's going on and injury wise. Definitely something we'll get into. Um, Indubitably, it's going to be okay. I think I said that right. Um, Chubb will be back in time for stretch run. Um, And uh, if Chubb gets a second contract, it'll be cheap. Now, I don't know if it'll be cheap. Um, You're talking about a fifth overall pick guy um, with uh, Pro Bowl under his belt as well. Well, and he's got another year to do it, right? Isn't an option? The option that was picked up is for next year. So, um, you know, he's got another year. This isn't his contract year. Next, next year is. So, I think the 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 question there is, you know, a little bit like I've heard y'all talk about Ronald Darby. You know, you know he was injury. You gave him a bunch of guaranteed money. You're going to live with that or not? That's that's the decision you're going to have to make uh, with his injury history. But you know, if he's healthy next year, he's not going to be cheap in 2023. No, absolutely not. Uh, Michael coming in, a very generous super uh, star giver. Uh, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Mike. Or, yeah, good to see you, Michael. Um, we also have the, the Jewel of Fools in here. Good to see you, Jewel. Uh, we got Mike Woodard saying uh, Broncos for dinner. Chase with a com- nice comment, I think. Uh, when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons fans who cover the Denver Broncos, I'm Scott is top. number one. No I'm contest for sure. <laughs> it's a it's a it's it's lonely it's a lonely group i think i'm also on the bottom though is the problem i think i'm also in last yeah you know what we'll take it you're you're number one uh mark Lindmode coming in good evening gentlemen great pod this morning thank you very much and also he says i looks more awake than compared to this morning i had coffee this morning uh, I, I felt like i was awake i sometimes I do a little bit like the the face slapping before we get going uh just to feel better but uh, you know it's okay and we got jonathan coming in with our first super uh super chat today 199 over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It means a lot. Hope you're doing well. And he says coaching is the reason for 47 and 55's injuries. Um, Scott, what do you think here? He's saying coaching. I'm guessing he's saying because Chubb shouldn't have been out there and uh, Jules shouldn't have been out there for special teams. Um, it's, exactly, you- it's exactly what Jonathan's saying. He's saying you're using when you're your starting middle linebacker at maybe, maybe one of your thinnest positions uh, on, a, on a special teams play like that. And you get him hurt. And then you're letting Chubb talk his way into when you know he's got gimpy ankles. But, you know, if the doctors cleared him, he says he's good to go. Yeah. What do you do? You hold him out another week? At what point do you say it's okay? Um, I don't have that answer, but I understand where Jonathan is coming from. Yeah. I A lot of starting linebackers play special teams. Um, and I think Darius Leonard has more special team snaps than Chubb does. And he just got that massive contract. Uh, so I'm not going to be too upset about that. The Chubb one is upsetting, but it's not so much that he was out there playing with injuries. It's like if they knew they had this bone spur and it was going to be, and he's been having issues since the Rams game, whatever it was at the week three preseason game. Why don't you just bite the bullet to begin with? And you're already ahead, like two or three well, games ahead well, of the Kirby's out week one. Part of it. You're thinking I can play through this. I, I can, and maybe it'll be okay. And I'll get, yeah. you know, I'll get shot up or whatever it takes. I can play through this until you can't. Um, yeah. But now, you know, in a 17-week season, when's the bye week? I want to say it's almost right in the middle. It might be week nine. So you might be able to, you know, have him miss five games, um, yeah. not counting the ones you've already missed. Um, yeah. And then, you know, five of a 17-game season isn't terrible. If you get him for the last 10, 
and he's 100 percent then it's that's going to be that's you're going to you're going to forget all about this because Broncos are going to start three and zero. I'm going out on a limb there. I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, um, then having him in the stretch run when things when the pressure starts coming on when when you're coming in under the radar a little bit against some some of the lower lower teams in the NFL, the pressure the pressure is going to build every week as as the record as the wins start piling up. The pressure is going to build, and you're going to need a healthy Bradley Chubb. So. I get it. I agree with you, but let's on the flip side of this saying, you know, maybe you thought he could play through it. Yeah. I'm definitely more of a conservative approach with that because you're going to need him more. So if I can get like, what was it a preseason week and the week before the season to get him out there as most games as possible, I probably would have done that easy for me to say where I'm sitting right now with hindsight, yeah. knowing what happened. Um, we also got uh, Greg Smith is in here. Good evening, Nick and Scott double duty. Aloha. Uh, Aloha squared. Good to see you. Hello and goodbye. Yeah. Um, we also got Gary Leeds Palmer double dipping today. Lucky us. Uh, lucky, lucky us. Honestly. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Good to see you again, Gary. Yeah. I appreciate the, appreciate the support on that one on Gary and Gary and, and Michael and Travis and yeah. Peter always coming in with the stars. Certainly appreciate you. Absolutely. And Seth coming in with a $10 super today saying, uh, Seth Harmon, thank you so much. Did the Broncos bring someone off the practice squad to fill the 47 spots? Um, I have not seen any moves in, uh, I guess ramifications, the word for Josie Jewell going on IR. Um, I, have you seen anything on the waiver? No, wire? I've not seen a corresponding roster move for, um, for those two. Cause it'll be both of them. Um, you Is know, Chubb officially on the IR yet. I don't remember. Two, that's two places. That's two players that'll end up going on the IR. Um, and I, I haven't seen it. Doesn't mean it hadn't happened, but I haven't seen it. I'll be honest. I haven't been looking for it just yet. Um, the news just hit me that, that, uh, you know, when Chubb was out, it was just, I don't know how long that's been announced, but I was at baseball practice for the last two hours. So it, it hit me just a few minutes ago. I'm like, good Lord, man. Um, you know, we had a lot of questions coming in for this team. You know, what's it going to take for the Denver Broncos to go from five and 11 to a, a playoff run? And most of the talk surrounded quarterback play, you know, the stuff that you can try, hopefully you can control quarterback play, uh, offensive line gelling, um, Cortland Sutton coming back healthy, all these different things. And, and the one, the wild card on there is you got to stay healthy. And this is, you know, maybe, maybe I'm closer to this, the Denver Broncos and other teams, but this feels like the Denver Broncos are getting harder than most teams in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it's not like the Ravens or the Colts right now, but, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, you're seeing the injuries hit them again. Uh, this hard, this early. Luckily, none of them besides Jewel have been uh, the season ending mm-hmm. sort. Um, but still, you know, these guys, even when they come back from injury, there's going to be a couple weeks probably or the whole right. season where they're not 100 percent. So, uh, yeah, there's no shape like football shape. And the only way to get into it is to play. That's why. Sorry to go on a tangent, but the idea of these guys not playing any in the preseason is just strange to me. Yeah. You know, there's there's some teams out there where, you know, a lot of players didn't take a snap in the preseason and, and you, you've got to get game ready. I mean, maybe the thought of, hey, it's a 17 game season and 10 and six is good enough. Yeah. But, you know, a, a win in September could be just as important as a win in December. So let's be ready to play. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. I do have uh, some news from Cliss, I guess, as far as bringing anybody in. The Broncos had some tryouts today for linebacker. Uh, she. Shalik Calhoun, who I believe was an edge rusher for uh, Michigan State uh, back in the day. And uh, Pita, man, I don't even know the last name. <laughs> Tamopinu, 
uh, who was with Denver during the uh, training camp as well. So uh, there's a couple tryouts. I don't think there's been any corresponding moves, though, uh, correlated with Josie going on IR officially. And it's also not for sure. Like, I don't know if it's the long term. I didn't see the designation. I just saw IR. It's not the short term, but I think there might be hope still that Josie could come back this year. It's a slight hope. I wouldn't bank on it. It's probably yeah, the Justin's torn pectorals. That pectoral, sorry. Uh, that's that's pretty serious. Yeah. Luckily, it's not a lower body injury where it's like hopefully Josie a year from now will be fine and healed, but uh, it it sucks. Um, Ernie's in the house. Go Denver Broncos. Ernie, you don't suck. Good to see you. Uh, Travis coming in. Good evening, Nick Scott. It's too bad about Chubb. I wonder if the coaches and team doctors knew about this. Who is to blame, Chubb or the staff? Um, they thought that he could play through it. Um, apparently, he re-aggravated it in that game. It's painful, and now because of the re-aggravated injury, um, they have shifted course and said that now that surgery is the best course of action, uh, is my understanding. Uh, so I don't know if there is actually blame to go around. Again, we have plenty of hindsight here. We're like, oh, they should have just done the surgery to begin with. But I think it's Dr. James Andrews that's been even working with him. So yeah, uh, you're not getting any better than James Andrews for sure. Yeah. So it's just, it's unfortunate, you know, like there's no way to pre it's football, right? There's no way to completely prevent injuries, but um, I think the blame is more so just bad luck. Maybe, maybe Chubb shouldn't have played. That's fine. I agree. I could, I could buy that. Um, but if you're going to go that far, I'd say, well, maybe Chubb should have had the surgery to begin with. Um, so yeah. Or, you know, maybe if he doesn't play another week, this, this happens again next week. Now you've lost him for, you know, uh, now he's, now you've delayed his comeback another week. It, it's, it's impossible to tell. I don't, I'm certainly not going to blame anybody in, in this situation um, without all of the information and knowing how things can also change week to week when you're, when you're dealing with an injury like that. Yeah, nope, absolutely. Got Matt Henry coming in saying Nick and Scott twice a day is a win-win. Uh, well, that's nice of you to say. I appreciate that. Um, Jewel of Fool coming in saying it's not really talking about earlier comment. It's not really mm -hmm. selling low when the alternative is letting him walk. Um, well, it's going to be pretty hard to trade him until he's healthy, right? That's that's part of the equation. Well, so, and, and the other part of that is is who who would pick up his contract, right? So if he's in, if, if you're going to trade him and he's going to be on what about eleven or twelve million next year, I think. And I think it's all guaranteed. It yeah, also might so, already be all guaranteed on the Broncos as well. I'm not sure exactly how that uh, the fifth year option works. Um, as far as uh, cap ramifications, so like it might be like you know he's he's on the Broncos next year no matter what uh, for cap reasons. So mm -hmm. I'd have to look into that. Um, but it's it's tough, you know. He has more value holding on to him another year, seeing if he can get healthy, than probably anything you're going to get in return from him. Right. And uh, Michael coming in again. Uh, rat a tat tat. Uh, great to see Broncos country on here. Building the Broncos. Listen to Nick and Scott. Go Broncos. Go Michael. You go. You're gonna you're you're going for that number one spot before the uh, before the night's over. So we certainly appreciate everything that you do. Yeah, absolutely. We got Leroy Williams coming in too. Good to see you, Leroy. He says mile high salute. Got that for you, Coach Fangio. is gonna have to make some adjustments on defense, like sending exotic blitz packages, like safety and corner blitzes. Besides Von Miller, it seems like nobody is getting closer to the quarterback. But Von, um, that was kind of the case in the Jags game. I would say that was not the case in the Giants game. Draymond Jones was incredible in the giants game and not as good mm -hmm. in the Jags game. Um, and also you do want to get pass rush, a better pass rush than you've seen overall from this team, but it's not really in Fangio's DNA to blitz. I mean, he will sometimes, he's not going to be completely a non blitzing schemer, um, but he's much more about getting seven guys back there and getting pressure with four. And even if you're not getting home, you're hoping that the coverages will at least allow you buy you an extra couple seconds. Um, it's well, not a great, not great, but 
we can get into this in a little bit, but I don't know how many of y'all watched uh, the New York Jets game. Give that kid time to throw the ball. (laughs) Zach Wilson has made some bad, bad decisions with the football. Uh, All four of those interceptions were on him. He threw four of them, and they were all pretty bad. Uh, one of them, one of them was questionable. I'll give him. I'll give him the second one was questionable. The other three, they were all on him, and most of them were when he had time to throw. Yeah, and also we see that uh, Ben Roethlisberger has a pectoral injury now as well. Um, so Good luck throwing a ball with a pectoral injury. Yeah, so it's either Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins there uh, for that game probably coming up, uh, or an injured Ben Roethlisberger. Um, so that's not great. Uh, and then you got the Ravens, but I mean, injuries are happening. That's a little unfortunate, but. Uh, it's uh, you're gonna have to figure it out, and that's why the depth is good. That's why the depth is important. And we got Simon coming in here, Simon uh, Weeby coming in with the Canadian dollars. Thank you so much over in, uh, north of the border. There, he says, Hello, gents. Do you think our run game needs to improve, especially starting week three when the schedule gets real? Will Browning get any edge snaps? So, a couple questions in here. You definitely get a couple answers uh, with $20 super. Um, does the run game need to improve? Yes, uh, the Broncos right now have the uh, EPA per play, which is expected, expected points. Uh, average added, added, um, which is kind of like the war of football. Um, the Broncos are, I think, seventh right now in EPA per play, and Melvin Gordon's seventy-yard run is doing a lot of heavy lifting for that. You're not going to get a seventy run, seventy-yard run very often. The Broncos' rushing success rate, though, six worse than the league. And what does the success rate mean? It means on first down you gain forty percent of the yards you need for a first down and second down you gain 60% and on third or fourth down you gain hundred percent. And the Broncos are bottom seven in the in- entire NFL uh, in success rushing rate. So uh, that Melvin Gordon one, that's a big reason why that those stats like, Oh, Broncos are the seventh highest rate running team right now. Well, they got 70 yards on one clip. It doesn't not count, but it's just down to down. They've not been very good. Yeah, in two games when you're talking other teams haven't, bre- didn't break 70 yards period, you know, and yeah. you get one play in two games. So that, Unless the running game improves, so going going back to what Simon said, and Simon uh, again, thank you from both of us. Um, does the running game need to improve? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does, and I, I think the interior line needs to get stronger there. Um, the edge seems to be going, seems to be doing pretty well. But again, four hundred yards of total offense. Uh, the, the teams, God, this, I keep thinking this is a glass of water in front of me, and I both almost knock it over. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm going to have to – I got a new microphone, and I'm, I'm trying to get comfortable with it. So far, not good. So that panic looked on my face was me spilling my microphone. Um, I, the overall offense has been really good. The way the teams have stacked the box against Denver and tried to make Teddy beat them, he has. So Teddy's been throwing a lot of short, quick passes, which is almost an extension of the running game. Yep. The traditional running game of sorts has been slow. It's been slowed down, but that's by design. The two teams you've played aren't good enough to to, to try and stop the run or the pass in a base in a, in a base defense. So they've had to sell out one or the other. They've sold out trying to stop the run, and for the most part, they have. Mm-hmm. But Teddy's whooping them. So you know yep. the fact that that. that, that, that they're taking, and Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos are taking what has been given to them, and it's been very successful. So, yes, I think the running game will improve based on the play of Teddy Bridgewater in the passing game the previous two weeks. You can't put eight in the box against his team. Can't do it. Yeah. 
at least not right now. Uh, hopefully the injury bug doesn't continue to bite the uh, the weapons and whatnot. But uh, when you have Sutton playing like he was doing, Tim Patrick out there, uh, the speed threat of KJ Hamler, even though he had a bad game, they're still accounting for him. And Noah Fant and the running backs getting involved in the past game. Um, and Teddy making good decisions, delivering a catchable ball to the right guy in time. Even if they are stacking the box, he's making you pay. Um, and we saw that. I mean, the, the air yards, Teddy's not a bombs away quarterback. But when the opposing defense situationally is saying, hey, we're going to play single high, and stack the box. Teddy's Teddy's going to hit you over taking the top. Shots. Yep. Yep. Exactly. He's taking shots. He's going over the top. And even if you don't hit it, you put it in the back of their mind that you can, that, that you're willing to go deep. Yep. Um, you know, and, and a couple of those, yeah, maybe the ball's been underthrown, but I, I've been watching these, those plays where they've gone deep and it's been 55 yards in the air. That's plenty yeah. of arm strength to get behind the defense. If anything, maybe Teddy just needs to get rid of it a little sooner. He's got plenty of arm to get the ball downfield. Yeah, he'll he'll lollipop some in there, which is fine. Um, will Browning get edge snaps? I think the plan for Browning is off ball linebacker. You maybe will see some edge snaps there, but it's going to be much more where he's filling in for Josie Jewell kind of situation. Um, and it, Vic Fangio said he was farther away still. Uh, so it's the Stranod show until Browning gets up to speed. Um, I think Browning has the physical tools to be a good edge rusher, uh, but. I don't think that is the plan for him. I don't think we're going to see edge snaps. And based on the Broncos working out those edge rushing linebackers as well, that's probably the case. Also, I think I feel better about the depth at edge. I mean, we've already gone a game without Chubb. Malik Reed is very, he's a, he's a fine starter. I don't think he's a plus starter. He's a really good first guy off the bench. That's that's an ideal situation for Reed, but you can live with Vaughn and him. And then you have uh, Mintz and Cooper who maybe a year earlier to where they are than you'd want them to be, but with Von Miller playing as good as he has, hopefully Shelby Harris will take a step forward. Draymond Jones, uh, we see more New York Giants, Draymond Jones versus uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. It won't be as big of a deal, but I'm guessing probably maybe a few Browning edge snaps, not a lot. And uh, they were the back-to-back right here, but this leads in perfectly. The, the concerns were about the pass rush. Naj, appreciate yeah. the, the super chat coming in. Says, hey, brothers, other than Vaughn, what are your thoughts on the pass rush? Seems lacking to me. Do you think Shelby is playing with the same intensity level he has the past couple of years? Lastly, thoughts on Simmons' play so far. Let's go firstly with that. Uh, I watch the front seven a lot more closely than the back seven. So I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the defensive backfield. Yeah, uh, I think the defensive backfield has been solid overall. I think that Justin Simmons graded pretty poorly in this Jacksonville game. I thought he'd had a really good game versus the Giants. Um, it's pretty hard to grade safeties if you don't know exactly what's being asked of them, especially in a Vic Fangio defense with how complicated the coverages are. You actually have to be like, almost in that coach's room to understand exactly what their assignments will be from a snap to snap basis. Um, Simmons, I think has been fine. He hasn't had a detrimental play. Um, you are hoping that he comes down with a, you know, some turnovers here soon, but I think he hasn't been bad. I, I think he was one of the lowest graded players on the defense in that uh, Jags game, which surprised me um, as far as the uh, pass rush goes, Shelby Harris. I mean, Shelby's Harris, Shelby's playing with a wrist injury. I think that's right. Uh, maybe he was, uh, he's been out there, um, but uh, Shelby's been so far, Fine. I, he's been doing his job in the run game, um, but you, you're hoping to see a little bit more in the uh, the pass game. I, I've been pretty pleased with Shamar Stevens and the way he's yeah. been playing when I've seen him come in too. Um, I don't think that overly pressuring the quarterback has been a big concern so far early. As far as you know, we're gonna we're gonna blitz heavy. This is the game plan. I think the game plan is to to not make any mistakes and don't get beat. Yeah. And we've got Von Miller over on this side uh, paired with Draymond Jones. Those two alone will get enough pressure with a front four that we can sit back and cover in seven. And it's worked. You had 200 yards of total offense last week against against you, the Denver Broncos. So 
you you can't have everything. So you kind of look at at the at the at the hole. I did it again. Everyone drink. <laughs> you, you look at the hole. You look at, at the hole and uh and and say it was very very successful. So I think if Denver wants to sell out and get to the quarterback, they can. Uh, anytime I saw Draymond Jones and, and and Von Miller on the same side going after quarterback, that quarterback was getting pressured without a doubt. Yeah. Yep. They uh, you do want to see better, and that was a plan with Chubb, and it's a big reason that edge rusher might be on the menu um, for the Broncos in the upcoming draft. Uh, even if they bring back Von, honestly, it might be time to start talking about the uh, re-signed Von Miller train with how he's playing. Um, but we'll see. They need to get a little bit. Uh, I do think they need to be a little bit better up front with the front four getting after the quarterback. Um, given the quarterbacks you've seen, it hasn't been that big of an issue yet, but it might be once you start to see a little bit more seasons quarterback plays back there. Uh, well, Tommy, it's going to be different when you see Lamar Jackson too, because yeah. if you get a rush up field and go by him, he's going to go for 25 before anybody gets near him. So the contain for lack of a better word, isn't, has been very successful so far. Uh, Tommy, I think I saw this uh, the other night and when I'm, when I'm in the background running the, what do you guys call it? Running the ones and twos in the background. Uh, yeah. It's hard for me to keep my mouth shut. So I saw this the other day and uh, I wanted to answer too. Um, said Nick and Scott, with Teddy playing as well as he has been, is he still on a short leash where a bad game will be called a warm-up lock? Or has he completed the mutiny and is captain now? Uh, well, he's voted captain by his teammates, so he's still yeah. already a captain. But no, there, there's not a short leash. I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt to have a bad game. Um, you know, So he may have already had that release. You don't want guys looking over their shoulders. Yeah. You know, being, being afraid to fail, that's a sure way to get them to fail. Uh, you don't want th- you want them playing free, loose, and confident. Teddy's there right now, and if you yank him at the first chance of adversity, then all of a sudden you're afraid to make mistakes, and then you're just going to get a boatload of mistakes from both quarterbacks because Drew Locke's going to go in trying to do too much, and as he's going to be looking over his shoulder the first time he makes a mistake. So I, I think you're going to get to see a little bit more of Teddy. He's going to have his ups and downs right now. He's riding really high. Yeah. Uh, and when he uh, when he has a dip in in form, as we say in international football, um, I think he'll get a chance to play through it. Yeah, he's played well enough that uh, he's the guy. Um, they're always going to give him, uh, I think, a pretty decent leash early on once they made their bed and chose chose to go with him. I think the only way you see Drew is if you see multiple bad games from Teddy Bridgewater um, down the line right now, and or injury, or the Broncos are out of the playoffs uh, close to the end of the season. And then they're like, okay, well we have two years of control with this young quarterback. We probably should see what we have here just because we're, we're building up for 2022 as much as anything. So hopefully we don't get to that scenario, but um, that's where I think you see with Drew Locke right now uh, compared to Teddy Bridgewater. Shane Daniels coming in $5 over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Shane. He said, Hey, it's Broncos for breakfast for dinner. Gotta love that. I love breakfast for dinner. Um, Just landed in Denver for the jets game. Go Broncos. Well, have a great time, Shane. I know that a bunch of uh, Mile High Huddle is going to be there. Um, so make sure you have fun. Uh, make sure you celebrate responsibly. You know, don't drink and drive, that kind of stuff. But uh, it should be a blast. And, man, I think that stadium is going to be rocking. It's going to be a great time. Uh, is is the Waffle House nationwide, or is it just here where they're on every corner? So, you it's know, 24 hours of the Waffle House, breakfast for dinner is, is any time where I'm from. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate having uh, having Broncos for breakfast for dinner. So uh, and and have a have a great time. All of y'all coming for the meet and greet. Um, now that I'm getting to know so many of these people, I can recognize so many names. Just I, I, you know, I feel like I'm part of this community. I'm gonna get out there next time we do this. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of y'all, and I hope you have a really good time. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That's a uh, 
I'm really jealous you guys are going. That'll be a great time. Hope I see Peter's in here today. It's Broncos for breakfast in Cambodia. Good to see you, Peter. Seth coming back in $5 over on YouTube. What do you think about the way the Ravens contain Mahomes with the spy-like player that would blitz when Mahomes escaped the pocket? Um, I think that's a great strategy. I think that's something that you want to see him do. I like that a lot with, uh, it's almost not like a contained player, but it's like a secondary rush where you have like an edge rusher loop. Like you have, if you're doing four down linemen, three slant one way, then you have the looper come around the backside and it's like, you see the offensive line full up that guy, the quarterback's like, Oh, I got room this way. You have that looping blitzer uh, come and get them. I think I saw that against, it was in that Auburn Penn state game a couple of times against Sean Clifford, some good uh, manufactured pressure there, especially the quarterback who's looking to escape the pocket. But as far as like a true spy with a linebacker, that kind of concerns me when you got Travis Kelsey on the other side. So you're going to have to figure out some stuff with your pass rush, I think, in order to. Uh, oh, and I, I think it might work a little better with someone like uh, Mahomes than Lamar Jackson, because yeah. there probably isn't anybody on defense that's going to catch Lamar Jackson. And now you've just left a guy out of coverage. Um, yeah. you, you need a you need a net. You need a net for uh, for for Lamar Jackson in order to, to keep containment on that. Um, the spy, it's situational. So it could it could yeah. play in, in certain situations. Not always. Um, you know, sometimes if you notice that your your assignment is a middle linebacker or whoever's playing that nickel spot, that nickel linebacker spot, it might not be a linebacker. It could be someone like Patrick Sertain. Um, if his running back, that might be your coverage coming out is with yeah. the running. If the if the if the back stays in for max protect, then yeah, then you're spying him because you can you can keep your eye on both of those at the same time. Uh, you can keep your eye on the running back who's going to leak out or if the if the pressure and it flushes it flushes the quarterback. So certainly a possibility if you're going to do that, the person better be able to catch a running back and a quarterback. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I like the idea of, of a, a defensive back playing that role. And one thing that is nice, you know, don't want to overlook the Jets too much, especially the Broncos struggles on the uh, offensive line so far. Yeah, there's I've already I've already looked past them. Um, no, the Jets, actually, I watched them play. Sorry to interrupt. Um, okay. I, I watched them play against uh, New England, and there's there's some good things to be had uh, yeah. with the New York Jets. They've got some pieces. They're not there, but they've got some pieces. Yeah, I'm very impressed with uh, Jonathan Franklin Meyer, their edge rusher, who's probably got some of the heaviest hands in the game right now. Um, pretty remarkable. And Quinnen Williams is a heck of a player, too. So they're going to cause the Broncos some issues. I'm curious to, to see if the Broncos offensive line can take some steps forward and be a little bit more efficient on the ground game. Um, I did see also um, for all the uh, Pat Shermer, you know, haters out there. I don't even want to hate throw out the word haters, but big, big cr critics. Um, Pat Shermer this week with the or through two weeks, highest rate of play action pass calls in the NFL. And uh, all anybody could talk about last season was how Pat Shermer was so stupid for not calling play action and helping his, his team. Well, here we are two weeks in. It's early, but the uh, Broncos number one in the NFL in play action per play. Well, and, and like or, we said, yeah. if you're selling out to stop the run, what's going to work? Play action. Yep. So now if I'm not going to bite on that because I'm worried about getting beat by play action, what's going to work? I'm going to have more room in the running game. Yeah. And the New York Jets gave the New England Patriots acres of space behind their front four. That you're not going to see eight in the butt. If they play the same way against, uh, against Bridgewater as they did a rookie quarterback, the running game is going to work because they had their linebackers on first and 10, seven yards off the ball. Uh, you know, I look at different spots. I'm like, that's not normal, is it? Because I'm so used to everything seems so crowded right now between yeah. watching the Broncos and the Falcons and their two tight end set, and everybody's right on top of the center. It just looked strange to me. I'm like, good lord, there's a lot of space out there. So uh, I think we'll see. 
I think the Broncos should have their best running game of the season this weekend against the Jets. Yeah. No, I think they better. Quinn Williams is a really good player. Um, I think it is, sounds like Glasgow is expected to play as well, which is you know, great for him with the irregular heart. Um, we'll see if that comes to fruition, but uh, that would be great. Um, and uh, also great. Butch Butch coming in with the stars here. Um, I know Scott is working the Facebook group in the background as well, but uh, Peter, thank you for calling out the stars there. And Peter also with the stars, he says, nice stars for me. So uh, <laughs> Peter, you're great. Love you. Uh, good to see you. Is there any other stars we need to call out? Travis right now? is in here. Uh, he says the offensive line needs to get better. Bowles and Moosey have been the only two playing decent. Uh, man, Moody was good in the game. He had some plays where he like, you really saw that lack of length. And if he gets overextended with that lack of length that he has, it's not great. Um, a few plays where a guy's just like literally beat him across the, his face. And mm-hmm. uh, that's not ideal, especially for the run game. Uh, Reisner has been solid in pass protection. I've been hard on him. I think his pass protection has been fine. Um, his run blocking has not been great. Um, and Cushenberry has been not the worst center in football this year. Like he was last year. So I'll <laughs> give him that. And Massey has been okay. You know, he, he's yeah. not a, killer for your unit but all of them together especially with the unfortunately the sinkhole that has been left guard and center together in the run game has been has been an issue and the tight ends not uh we've had a few good blocks by noah fan but he's been a little bit more missed than hit this season um so gotta work better Uh, i think the the offensive line has been adequate i haven't seen anybody really flash that really drew my attention um and i did have that watching the jets today um you know i i have kind of put the Jets in the draft out of my mind a little bit. But um, Elijah Vera Tucker, their first-round draft pick, Left is guard. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's wearing 75, hmm. 75 or 65. But um, it's, I was like, wow, who is that? Wow, who is that? Wow, who is that? So I look him up. I'm like, I recognize that name. Oh, yeah, first-round draft pick. So we will get on somebody for taking a first round draft pick, especially 16th. I think he was right there. He was in the teens as a guard, but he looks every single bit of that guy that you can plug in there for the next 15 years. He was flawless. He was flawless yeah. uh, blocking on the in- inside. So uh, again, I mentioned they had some pieces that was as good as offensive line in play that we will probably have seen so far in the first three games is, is out of a rookie for the New York Jets. Yeah, he is really talented. I still, even if he's great, I kind of have some issues trading up as far as they did to go get a guard in the first mm-hmm. round when you're as far off as the Jets are. I get it. You know, you want to invest in that rookie quarterback and probably the best way to do that is to protect him. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm glad that also the Jets don't have uh, Makai Becton to lean, lean on as well because Becton and... If, if you're going to overspend, at least have it be good. You know, yeah, the worst, sure. the, what's, what's worse than that is overspending and the guy's a bust. This guy looks really, really good. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay. If this is what you thought you needed, then I, I can, I can, I can get on board with that because he's, I mean, the, the, the man was flawless. It's like I, I started watching him on every play that they were running, and then be like, okay, there's a flag down, it's a penalty. I'm like, well, it, it wasn't on Vera Tucker because he did nothing wrong, and he's getting to the second level. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, um, he's pulling, he's pass protecting, run blocking, just. He's we talk about offensive line play and what we're looking for. That's it. That that's it. He's really yeah. good. He does look really, really good. Um, definitely. He've caught my eye. I will say though, that the jets offensive line got far less interesting to me. Once, uh, Mekhi Becton went down just because Mike Kai Becton is an absolute freak. <laughs> He's so fun. Um, Dr. Steve Brule, MD coming in here. Check it out. Uh, don't know if this has been addressed yet. Missed a few episodes, but as fuller lost a step seems very up and down secondary as a whole. Um, 
Fuller maybe has lost a slight step, but like was Fuller ever actually that like crazy fast type of cornerback? I don't remember that when I watched him at Virginia Tech. I remember him having length and him being in control and him having ball skills and him him being a good tackler. Uh, he was a good athlete, no doubt, but I don't ever he wasn't ever, you know, Jair Alexander out there as far as like twitching his goes. Was he he's 29 years old now? Um he's maybe it should be about the prime unless he's suffered some injuries. Uh, I'm looking at combine measurements right now. Um, six foot one ninety when he was coming out. Four four nine, uh, four one nine shuttle. Six nine three cone. So uh, you know, plus for sure, yeah. good, but not crazy fast. Um, yeah. We talked about him uh, and appreciate the the contribution. Yeah, thanks. Um, he uh, we talked about him this morning. I put him as my a guy I thought who was disappointing, but also then bounced back and had a decent game. Yeah. Um, the uh, I've already forgot who, who, who did the Broncos play last week. The Jaguars. Jaguars. The Jaguars picked on him early. He was victimized early, but then he bounced back and you know th- a, half of those yards were on the first drive of their total yards were on the first drive. So he did okay. It takes some time to adapt to a new team and come in like that in a new scheme and a new city and a new culture. All of those type of things. So it's a long season. Saw some improvement from first quarter to fourth quarter within the game. So I, I think we can expect to see. We haven't seen the best of him yet. I think he will continue to improve. And that's very true for just how new the secondary is in general and how much unspoken chemistry and communication is important for this type of zone coverage uh, going on. I need to get uh, Dr. or excuse me, Coach Alexander John. Uh, coach Cody Alexander on here at some point to talk uh, match quarter stuff. Cause he's breaking down a lot of what the Broncos do. And some of the stuff he says, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. This, the scheme stuff is so over my head when it's coming to like that level of stuff, <laughs> but uh, they're doing some complicated stuff on the back. And it's one of the more mentally demanding uh, schemes of any defensive backfield out there. And they need chemistry. They have to be able to read the same thing at the same time. And some of that, some of that, I, I think is just a lot of hot air too, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just, you know, keep it simple, stupid. I mean, it's a, it's a bigger, faster, stronger game. Yeah. You try and impress me with how smart you are and you end up usually looking stupid in this game. You know, you, you do. And you see what general managers is like, I'm not going to take the obvious pick. I'm going to pick this guy because I'm so much smarter than everybody else. Yeah. You know, that doesn't work. The, 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 this isn't, this, this game isn't that complicated. So keep it, keep it simple. Keep it you simple. Sound like a Wade your players. Sound like a Wade Phillips truth, truth are there for the defense. Uh, have your guys just beat them up scheme wise or uh, man on man matchups. But uh, Vic, Vic is a little bit complicated with his scheme. I sent you that piece um, early in the off season talking about the match. It's too complicated for me, man. I didn't read it. <laughs> well, fair <laughs> enough. Um, <laughs> that's uh, it is a complicated stuff from Vic, um, but it is the uh, defense du jour uh, right now in the NFL. Um, so we'll see uh, how it continues right now, especially without the pass rush. He's going to have to be a little bit more creative uh, now that he doesn't have, you know, potentially two or three aces up front on the def- defensive line. However, Von Miller looking as good as he does right now, that helps you. A heck of a lot. So I do want to get to this. Uh, I'm still here. Are you still here? Yeah, you're breaking up on me just a little bit. Um, have to know if is that who, who is that? Is that Nick that's breaking up a little bit? Has to, have to ask the chat just a little bit. But um, uh, Chase has a question. Appreciate okay. you coming in, Chase. Which team has surprised you the most so far in a good or a bad way? Um. What's interesting, I'm, I'll let you go ahead on this, and then, I, then I'll answer. So, you know, 
Who's been who's been one of your surprises so far, Nick? I'm not sure I've got Nick with us. Um, can y'all hear me, or is it him? <laughs> okay, Tom, I'm going to go ahead and answer that. Uh, so we appreciate you, uh, Chase, coming in. Which team has surprised you the most? Um, I, I tell you what, a couple of things. It's been week to week. You're surprised if Baltimore gets beaten week one, and they come back and have a good win in week two. Uh, Cleveland, the same way. Um, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers also. Uh, I think they're 2-0, mm-hmm. sitting at the top of the NFC South, tied with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, New Orleans, uh, I was surprised they won the first one, and then you know, not so surprised they get blown out in the second one. That just should be more of what they're going to be. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, 1-1. One and one. Um, and the Bills, 1-1. One and one. That one's a little surprised to me, too. Uh, but I, I think if I had to say the top one, Oh, Panthers, Carolina Panthers. I, it doesn't matter who they played. If they're, they're the, the Panthers are two and zero is a, is a surprise to me. I think that's uh, that's good for them. So, well, they haven't played anybody. You know, I said I wouldn't say it in this show this morning. I will say it again today. Until you beat those teams that aren't anybody, you are one of those teams. So yep. that's uh, that's it's good for Carolina getting off of that two and zero start. Hopefully, I'm back. Um, but the teams that have surprised me so far, unfortunately, you, you meant a uh, you said a good one there with the. Uh, Carolina Panthers. That was one I was thinking of. The other one is unfortunately the Raiders. Um, now they have had a lot of turnover luck uh, so far. Like it's pretty much a 50, 50 proposition when the ball goes on the ground and the Raiders have like recovered every single one, um, whether they've dropped or the other teams dropped it, that should be uh, normalizing here as we continue on. Um, another team that has surprised me probably in the, the wrong way has been the Minnesota Vikings. Now that Cardinals team might be much better than I thought they'd be this year. Uh, Kyler Murray's legitimately in the MVP conversation. Um, but being 0-2 uh, is a not a great thing <laughs> for that Vikings team, especially with uh, considering that a lot of people thought the Vikings were probably one of the more talented teams in the NFC this year. So to be 0-2 this early, dropping a game against the Bengals too, not great. Yeah, so appreciate the Super. There's it, it, it's what, it, What's strange to me is how much it can fluctuate this early week to week. Yeah. You know, where I think everybody was ready to ride off the Ravens after week one. You know, oh, they're overrated. They're not here. And all of a sudden, you know, then they go out and beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, so very, uh, very interesting. Good question, though. Um, want to talk a little bit. we got about 20 minutes or so left. You want to you want to talk a little bit about the Jets? Yeah, let's talk about the Jets. Um, they're the Jets. They're going to lose. All right. Let's uh, good job, guys. We'll Done. Get out of here. Nice podcast. Thanks for being here. Uh, be sure to, you know, tip your tip your uh, servers. No. Yeah, the Jets are. It's a team that's always was going to be in flux this season. Uh, Robert Salah's bringing over a completely different defense than they ran before. So it was always going to take time to fit in the type of players uh, that would run that scheme um, for them. Uh, much more cover two kind of looks. Um, but the Zach Wilson did not look good. Uh, I always thought that he was, I thought he was like, you know, quarterback two C like I just taking him at two. That's fine. That was not my number two quarterback. And I actually liked Trey Lance, uh, right there with him as well. But to see Zach Wilson be his consensus number two, I always thought him, uh, Zach Wilson. It's got a little, little bit of a arrogance to his play. And, sometimes. And Nick, you're breaking up again on us. Uh, I, uh, we've had this conversation before, so I know where he's going with this. It's an interesting freeze frame we got on you though. Um, we might have to screen capture that one. And it's the, uh, you know, I, I don't think either one of us, when all of a sudden it came out that the jets were just, pretty much locked on Zach Wilson as being the number two guy. 
Um, yeah, I think both of us thought he might be the four guy um, coming out. So having uh, you know having them stick with him, um, I'm a little surprised at how loosey goosey he was with the ball though in the last game. Um, he threw four interceptions. First interception, I said it was a delayed blitz by the middle linebacker. He threw into traffic. Second interception, rolling right, slightly overthrown, went through the hands, but it was too high. So a little bit of fault both ways. Corey Davis. Third interception was underthrown on an out route. So he overthrows a couple guys. Now he takes too much off of it. And the fourth interception looked like a punt. You ever see some of those throws where it's almost like, okay, I thought you were going deep and you cut out. So now I threw this long ball and, and a guy's back there fair catching it to intercept it. That's what the fourth interception looked like. And it, it was it was pretty ugly. And he wasn't under duress. That's the thing that got me. He was very rare. The first one, he had some pressure up the middle. Uh, and he threw into a bunch of traffic. But other than that, he wasn't under a ton of pressure in that game, and he was still making bad decisions. So how can the Jets get better? If he's going to be a good quarterback, you can't expect him to make the same type of mistakes like that. But I don't think he's going to make that quantum leap from week two to week three. No. So, Yeah, no, he uh, – we know that Bill Belichick is a rookie quarterback killer. Um, so that's something that is – you know, I'm not going to – you know, Zach Wilson's not a bust because of this, but going from the uh, Bill Belichick, which is a very good defense there in uh, New England, to Vic Fangio with a home opener for the Broncos, it's it's probably going to be tough for Zach Wilson. Now he is kind of a he's streaky, and I would say he's much more of a shooter than uh, Dex, or uh, Trevor Lawrence is, where you know he can get hot and then uh, be really dicing the football down the field, making those like backyard plays. Um, and if he does that, you know that could that could hurt you a few times in this game. Um, but you also think that eventually he's going to go cold. He's going to make some silly mistakes uh, with the football and you got to capitalize on that. And I think, you know, everybody preseason, especially they were crowning Mac Jones. Mac Jones was like, it didn't hit any windows. You know, people, Kyle Orton would have blushed at how conservative he was uh, throwing the football in that game. Um, but that's probably what you're going to need uh, from Teddy in this game. If you just, you know, they're going to blink first, no doubt about it with Zach Wilson out there throwing the ball around. Um, he will be better than what we saw this week, but you know, it's not going to be a game where I expect it to be that close. And I think the spread is what, 11 and a half? Um, not great. Well, and Travis coming back in with the star saying after Fields play on Sunday, seeing Fields play on Sunday, I wonder if Bronco fans will stop the we should have drafted Fields. Um, that's going to be more about Sertan. That's going to be as much about Sertan as it is Fields. Uh, and this is a point of contention that Nick and I have had the whole time is if Patrick Sertan becomes the guy that you think he can – then you're not necessarily so worried about what happens with Justin Fields, even if he ends up becoming, uh, you know, a really, really good quarterback. But again, they're rookies. These are rookie quarterbacks. So I'm not going to judge Zach Wilson on what he does in week two for the rest of his career. I might say, let him sit back and try and throw the ball in traffic again in week three from his second to third start. Well, let, we'll give them a little bit of time before we start worrying about if these guys are going to be busts or not, for goodness sakes. Uh, but Patrick Sertan was definitely a more ready-to-play type of player. And if we think this roster was ready to make a playoff run with improved quarterback play, because a rookie quarterback wasn't going to take this team to the playoffs. It wasn't. So you go in and you get a veteran, and you draft a guy that can help you right away. That makes sense to me. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean – Justin Fields also had that. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. And there was Allen Robinson dropped that one where he was pretty open in the end zone. And uh, that would have been like a 40 yard touchdown. It was a honey, honey pot throw. I mean, just 
40 yards. Beautiful. Can't couldn't have walked it down the field better than he threw it. Um, but, uh, you know, we have a lot of season to go and a lot of career to go. Just judge how uh, that's all going to turn out. I'm going to, I'm going to test your memory on this one. Who are the, the two guys if said, if they didn't trade down, they didn't take a quarterback. Who are the two guys? I said, the Falcons should take at number four. Uh, Patrick Sertan and Penny. No, Stoll. I didn't go corner on that. I oh, didn't Michael go corner. Parsons, uh, a little high. I, I won't say. I, I said I thought. I thought Penny Sewell was was legit and mm-hmm. was, was a guy at a left tackle. And I also thought Micah Parsons was a top five type of talent. Um, yeah. They just didn't necessarily. And, and all of a sudden, I see Penny Sewell is trending on my timeline. I guess he had just a monster game. He moved over to left tackle after an injury, and they're talking about him, Wally Pipping, the starter. Say no, no. Move that guy over to right tackle because this guy hasn't given up a sack since 2018, and he's still 20 years old. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, so taking a look back at some of these these draft picks, which Nick and I really like to do, and and, and actually we can do that. This is building the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, we can we can talk a little draft. I I think the one the one thing that we said over and over again is drafting in the top 10 in this in this draft this last draft draft is you either going to get your quarterback of the future. And there's hope with that, or you're going to get a really exciting prospect. Yeah. And the Broncos did. The Broncos did. They got Patrick Sertan. Yep. And he looked really good in this game against the uh, Jags as well. And he's only going to get better. There are a few plays there where, you know, it's like, ah, you know, you wish he was a little bit looser in the hips or had a little bit better click and close, but we're not talking about a guy being drafted like Jalen Ramsey profile, right? Like if he was that, he probably would have gone top five given his pedigree and everything. He went nine. He's still a really good player. And he's also just going to get better and better because what Sertan, uh, makes him really special. Obviously he's caught the length. He's a great athlete, but he's so smart as well. He's so young and he's just going to blossom. I think it's not just, he's not just relying on athleticism. And any of the guys in the top 10 are usually top three picks. I mean, that's how, that's how deep this draft was. This was a really, really good draft. This was the kind of draft that if you're the, this is like my first draft that I really watched was 1989. I was 16 years old. Don't say anything, Nick. And uh, you know, the first five guys in that draft were Troy Aikman Tony Mandrich, Barry Sanders was three, Derek Thomas was four, and Deion Sanders was five. Four of those guys were four of the all-time greats. Fast forward to the fall of 1989, you start seeing some of these guys on the field. You're like, wow, this draft stuff's really cool. Yeah, not every draft is like that. No. That's how I feel this, this 2021 draft is going to be. We're going to look back on this and say, you remember that 2021 draft? Yeah, I do. I do. It was a really good one. I feel that way about the uh, 2011 draft with uh... – Von Miller, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, JJ Watt. Uh, the well, that was, that was three years after the famous wide receiver class in high school. So most of yeah. those guys became who we thought they could be, which was amazing because Julio Jones and AJ Green were at, AJ was from South Carolina, Julio Jones was from Alabama. And the, the, the debate on who was the better receiver started between those two when they were in sophomores in high school. And I don't, I'm not sure it's over yet. Yeah, I mean, right now I'd say it's Julio, but um, they've both been pretty darn good uh, players for their career. So some more about the Jets. Um, I thought their offensive line, like you mentioned it, this did stick out to me as well. Their offensive line was better than I thought they would play, especially with um, Mekhi Becton going down, who is arguably one of the best young tackles in football. It's either him or Tristan Wirfs uh, for my money. Um, but I thought that Connor McGovern, a former Denver Bronco, played pretty darn well for, for them. Um Maybe a little bit of a hind, uh, mistake in hindsight. Uh, let the Broncos letting him walk. Obviously, you never know. They developed him over time, and he got paid a good contract. So, you know, are you going to pay a center big money? I, I don't know. But uh, he looks really good over there in the Jets. Elijah Vera Tucker, like you mentioned, looked really good. I don't really respect 
their run game. I think they're all much better in passive, like pass protection versus uh, kind of establishing their will against defensive fronts. Um, so like uh, Tevin Coleman, you know, didn't really stand out to me in any of the games. Michael Carter, I think is going to be a good back, but I don't think he is incredible. Um, so they don't, they don't fully scare me. And also I, mean, I don't respect their not respect, but their wide receivers also. Yeah. I think was it uh, Braxton Berrios is one they have who is fine, but not great. Keenan Cole doesn't do much for me. Um, I think they're playing Jeff Smith was another name that stuck out to me. Yeah, Elijah Moore might be their top guy. Um, but you know, Braxton Berrios was a good special teams guy, slot yeah. guy. Um, I actually thought they ran the ball really well, especially against a team that doesn't do such good. So I was like, I looked at the numbers. I'm like, you've got a, a gunslinging quarterback, but not someone who totally scares you. So you can, you can sell out against a run a little bit more than you might think. And they ran for 152 yards. So their offensive line isn't bad. Uh, no. It's pretty good across the board. And I think Barrett Tucker is going to be a pro bowler for a long time. Um, you know, again, if you're going to over, if you're going to overpay, at least hit, at least make sure you hit on the, on the guy you overpaid for. Um, you know, I said that about Julio Jones, five draft picks, get Julio Jones. Well, at least you hit, you know, he, he's one of the, one of the best of all time. Um, so they got they got the guy. They may have overpaid, but he's he's going to be a, a linchpin of that offensive line for a long time. Yeah, no, and I'm just uh, trying to pull up the offensive statistics here for the Jets so far. Um, looking at their EPA per play, of course, I'm getting the spinning wheel while it's happening. But uh, the, what happened to Denzel Mims? Also, didn't they draft him? A lot of pop and circumstance with him. You know, he's probably your type of receiver. He's six four. He's big. He's great down the field. At least he was at Baylor. Um, what's been going on with Denzel Mims? Were you a big fan of his? At all? Couldn't or? tell you. Yeah, I, I don't know. Not great. I don't know why. When you, you you stumped me. All right. Well, I do have some uh, stats here actually for the Jets that I would like to share. Um, so let's pull that up here real quick. The... Okay. So oh. Let me see. Is it spinning wheel for you guys now? Of course it is. Okay. So the jets here, you're seeing the pass rushing and uh, passing and rushing efficiency so far in 2021. Here are the Broncos way up here in the top, right? One of the most efficient offenses so far. Now this is not weighted based on the uh, teams they've gone against. So that does matter um, somewhat here for the Broncos, but they've Let been me really guess. bottom left is bad. Bottom left is bad. Cover your yeah, eyes. Scott. There's the Falcons. Um, <laughs> but then you have the, uh, the jets who have the third worst uh, rush EPA per play in football so far this season, only trailed by the Falcons and the uh, Miami Dolphins. So they're, they're about league average as far as a uh, dropback EPA per play, um, but not great as far as uh, the rush game explosiveness, um, even with the uh, the numbers they put up. So uh, something to look out for there. Also, the Jets defense is not very great either, but they are better. Um, they're, they're closer to league average. They're a little bit better, though, in uh, defending the pass than going against the run. So well, maybe and the thing problems. also the thing to remember is it doesn't matter what you do if your quarterback's throwing the ball away the way that Zach Wilson did you're you're not going to win football games. So yeah. you know if you're it's like how do they how do the Jets get better real easy you know Zach Wilson's got to do better ball better job of protecting the ball. Um, he's got a great arm. I mean just a great arm. Get it away from a lot of different different get the ball away from a lot of different angles. Uh, good athleticism, but he's I. It's going to be a quick lesson. You know, you throw four interceptions, you realize, man, I, I can't, I can't do this at this level. I can't make those type of throws at this level. Um, I've got to be a little bit more careful with it. I think he did also have the highest uh, miles per hour of any throw uh, recorded this last week. It uh, probably broke some defenders' hands, but hey, he threw it really fast. So God bless him for that. Brett Favre used to do that. He used to split guys' fingers. They had to tape them up 
Um, he used to he used to split the the their their fingers as as hard as he threw the ball. So yeah, yeah he's got a fantastic arm. And and actually, like I said, those last two interceptions, he floated them. You know, it was almost like you know I, I overthrew. Now I overcompensated. He'll find that happy medium. I, it's just not going to be week two to week three. It's still yeah. early in his career for sure. No, you're absolutely right. So about five minutes left. Uh, don't think we're missing any super chats or. Uh, superstars if we are um, I'm sure we'll we'll get back to them but do want to just close out with Bradley Chubb talking here um, obviously it's a big bummer for the Broncos how much do you think is this going to impact not only this Broncos defense this season but also what does it mean for this defense and this team going forward because they have some tough decisions coming up with Von Miller being a free agent at the end of the year obviously they still have another year but a lot of people the plan obviously if it's working perfectly is you just transition the big contract from Von Miller to Bradley Chubb but he's missed probably more games than he's played so far. It's definitely close. Um, and uh, he was not always the most impactful coming off that injury as well. It took him a little bit of time. And also he had injuries in uh, high school also. So uh, he's still young. He still obviously has the pedigree, but uh, there might be a conversation to be had right now about Bradley Chubb's future on this team. Uh, so oh, I don't, about? I don't think there's any doubt. Um, missed a lot of uh, the previous seasons and going to miss a big chunk of this one. He's going to have one year. He's going to, they call it a contract year for a reason. Now let's assume the best. Let's assume he comes back and he plays really well next year. Uh, He's healthy. He's productive. Now what? Tag him. Now, now what? I tag tag him. him. That that might not be a bad idea. You know, prove it again. Prove it to me again. I, I I forget about that. That's the option. It's completely unfair. Um, And it's a, it's a, it's, but yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, done. Franchise tag him. Okay, yep. I like it. <laughs> that's you answered sure. the question for me. Thank you. And do you do anything? Um, does Bradley Chubb's injury history and injury right now? Uh, obviously, we hopefully we'll get to see him this year to get better, more data, and a better understanding of where he's going. But what about uh, Von Miller's contract with him being a free agent at the end of the year? Um, how much is that impacting you with what you do to Chubb? Uh, do you come to Chubb first, maybe at the end of the season with a low ball offer saying like, Hey, this is on the table for you. Take it or leave it. Otherwise we're going to go to Vaughn. Well, I think you end up going to Vaughn regardless if he stays healthy and keeps playing at this level uh, with, you know, what he's done for this franchise and what he has meant to the franchise and what he means to the rest of the team, the leadership, legendary status, all that stuff while he's still playing well, Vaughn gets paid. So yeah. let's let's move that over. Now, do we find money for Bradley Chubb? Um, again, a lot of that's going to depend on next year. We are, This year's almost a lost year. I mean, in a certain – he can come back and, you know, in the last seven, eight games – Eight weeks, yeah. Yeah, pull off eight sacks, and all of a sudden you're really excited. But all that goes out the window if he starts missing games again next year. So yeah. he's – got to stay healthy or else he's no good to you. So, you know, why would I start eating up in all this cap room and all this, this these other type of things or worse dead cap room? Um, if you want to try and move him and he's unmovable because of a, a bigger contract and he can't stay on the field, that just really hurts your team. There's, you know, phrase in scouting and, and most of y'all have heard this before that have, have watched me is, you know, it's not the guys you miss that kill you. You know, it's like, oh, I should have had this guy, I should have taken this guy. It's the guys you get and that can't play that kill you. Yeah. And injuries are part of that. And if you're if you're putting a lot of resources into a guy who can't stay on the field, that's going to kill you. You're much yeah. better off with a guy like Malik Reed for a quarter of the money. And you beef up, you take some of that money and build pieces around him in order to make up for any of his said deficiencies. Yeah. So 
the, the injuries scare the hell out of me, Nick. Plain and simple. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's been uh, unfortunately pretty consistent for him. Maybe it's the this bone spur. You know, they say six to eight weeks. Maybe he comes back and plays amazing down the stretch, and that gives him more time to heal other issues, his other ankle as well that I think he had uh, bone spurs removed from as well uh, this off season. But uh, it's something you're gonna have to watch for, and it really unfortunately does put uh, Bradley Chubb's future for this team in question. But the Broncos do have that fifth year option in their back pocket. They already mm-hmm. exercised that, and to my understanding, it's 100 guaranteed. So Chubb is back here next year regardless and also they have malik reed next year as well who will be an exclusive rights free agent uh, after the season so he's not going anywhere question is vaughn but with the way vaughn's playing you, you approach him and then you got next year to see okay chubb we want to keep you we'll figure if you're good we're gonna figure out a way to keep you a young star pass rusher who's uh been pretty good obviously you want to try to protect yourself um with the guaranteed money but so they'll they'll give him an offer that is competitive um, and then they also have the franchise tag in their back pocket after that, if he's that level of huge, a huge weapon for him. But, yeah. you know, where's uh, where's Cortland Sutton on this on this also, you know, as yeah. far as his his contract status. And this could be a whole other show. Next time we do building the Broncos, we might be doing this next week. We can depending on how the news yeah. cycle goes, we can start talking a little contracts and, and building yeah. the team out for next year. I think that'd be very interesting. Yep. Uh, yeah, you got that coming up. You have a uh, Teddy Bridgewater discussion that may be bubbling as well. We'll see about that. I need to see, you know, eight to 10 games before I'm re- even ready to have that conversation. I need to have that much data to, to have an understanding of what we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining in tonight. Uh, it's, this has been, it's been an hour, so it's time for us to get out of here. Um, that's This is Building the Broncos, of course. We'll be here again next Tuesday, same time, same place. We'll see you guys then. Uh, you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, myself at Nick Kendall MH and Nick Kendall MHH and Scott at Scout Kennedy. You can also follow us at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys join us on Facebook today, please Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle or Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Go join the groups. Go join the conversations at me there on Facebook. If you want to continue the conversation, if I didn't ask something on there that you guys have questions about, I love talking ball. Um, give me a chance to talk ball. I'll look at my phone. You know, we're watching something with the wife, whatever. Oh, I'm on Facebook answering Bronco stuff. Like you're obsessed. I am obsessed. That's why I'm here with you guys right now. Um, also make sure you guys are joining us on YouTube right now. Subscribe, like, and share. Uh, if you're not in the position to, or if you are in the position uh, to join us and to be a superstar, super chat, super sticker, everything like that. Um, if you can't do that, super cheap, super easy. It's free. Like, All this super talk. All this awesome. super talk. Um, real, real, real quick. Also, uh, Nick just flashed that. Nick and I will be if you if you haven't gotten enough of us. I can't believe that you wouldn't have. But if you haven't, we're gonna be talking some Falcons Giants in the morning, along with some of the draft picks and that type of thing. So uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific, we're gonna be talking Falcons Giants, and you know I, I think that'll be interesting to Broncos fans yeah. just from what we learned watching what the Broncos did against the Giants and what the Broncos have subsequently done. And how we'll find out. I think I think they're better than they've gotten credit for for their own two start. I think we'll get a chance to see that. But if you if you want to come watch us tomorrow, uh, I put the the link to subscribe to my channel in the chat. And uh, if you're on a desktop, it'll auto subscribe. You just hit yes if you click on it. But we appreciate you coming and the support. It's been a big help to my channel, which will help both of us moving forward. So thank you much. Yeah, guys, thank you guys so much. Thank you to everybody who joined us today in the community, in the comment section, uh, super chats, superstars. You guys are great. Uh, We will see you guys tomorrow morning, bright and early. But until then, I'll leave you guys with a go Broncos. 
You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.